0: Hello? 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 Welcome to Three Stooges Throwback, the comprehensive, encyclopedic compendium of all things Three Stooges. From woman haters to sappy bullfighters, from curly to shemp, and even to Joe. I am your host, Gabriel Russo, and I'm looking at all 190 shorts produced for Columbia Pictures by the Three Stooges comedy team. Welcome back to the show. I am the aforementioned host, Gabriel Russo, lifelong Stooge fan. This is the 16th short. It's called A Pain in the Pullman. It was shot April 29th to May 4th, 1936, and it was released June 27th, 1936, with a runtime of 19 minutes and 46 seconds, roughly. It's the longest short by the Stooges, as usual, I watched this on DailyMotion.com, and I compiled all my notes from ThreeStooges.net, IMDB, the Internet Movie Database, and Wikipedia. This one, once again, features, in this time period we're in, we've got Curly, Larry, and Moe, produced by Jules White, written and directed this time by Preston Black. Remember, they were brothers. That's Jack White, Jules' brother. None of the featured players are credited, but we've got James C. Morton showing up. He will play Paul Payne, and we've got Mary Lou Dix. She was in a few stewed shorts. She died in 1963, and James C. Morton, he was the uh, stenographer in Disorder in the Court. He did 187 movies, and uh, he looks, actually, he looks totally different. Mr. Morton died in 1942. So we open on a sign for Miss Hammond-Eggerly Theatrical Apartments. So, Hammond-Egger. <laughs> Reminds me of uh, Bobby Heenan. He, was, uh, he used to call the schlub wrestlers Hammond-Eggers. If anybody the a wrestling fan from back in the day. Anyway, the sign reads, Theatrical Apartments, 26 rooms, 2 tubs. $4 a week and up, mostly up. <laughs> so that's kind of the same as today. Starting at blah, but you can never get it for that price. Curly has a monkey. This is Joe the monkey. And he is reading a cookbook for monkey recipes. Mo comes over and says, you can't eat the act. <laughs> so Curly says, all right, all right. He opens up the oven. There's a pot in the oven, a uh, roasting pan, and it's got a shoe in it. He says, it's filet of soul and heel. <laughs> so, whatever. so they practice. Uh, it's time to practice their dancing, Mo says. They got to practice the act the three of them line up and they start just, you know, dancing. Uh, Larry is doing the, the, the Russian dance, the up and down where you kick your feet out. Evidently, he was, he was very good at that. And before he started with Stooges, he would, um, I forget his partner's name, Fine and, I want to say it was Fine and Dandy, but I don't know if that's right. But uh, anyhow, he had a partner where he would do he would play the violin. He was kind of a virtuoso with the violin. He would play the violin and do that Russian dance. And that's kind of how he got noticed early on in his career. Anyhow, their neighbor, Paul Payne, who is, like I said, James C. Morton. He's the star, Paul Payne. He hears all this racket next door of the, of the Stooges, you know, practicing their dance, clomping around. He goes to stop their hoofing, and he opens the door, and the Stooges shuffle off to Buffalo. <laughs> Right out the door, across the hall, and into his room. (laughs) Payne comes back in and says, what's the meaning of this, you know? Mo says, well, we're actors. We gotta rehearse. Who are you? He says, I'm Paul Payne, the heartthrob of millions. And one of them says, what's a heartthrob? And Curly says, a pain in the neck. (laughs) So Joe the monkey now jumps up and steals Payne's hairpiece. And Curly says, oh, a bald-headed (laughs) heartthrob. Payne goes to grab the monkey. Mo protects it. And pokes pain in the uh, in the eyes, and they run off. He gets real mad, and but his girl, who I believe, yeah, Mary Lou Dix in this one, his girl says, uh, "Oh, don't worry about them. We'll be on the train soon and gone, no problem." So the phone rings at the boarding house where they're at, the theatrical apartments, and it's uh, a, f- a phone call from the uh, booking agents Goldblatt, Goldberg, Goldstein, and O'Brien. The man on the other on the phone with a real thick Jewish or Yiddish accent. He says, O'Brien speaking, which I thought was a clever little bit. So Anne O'Neill is the actress playing the landlady, Mrs. Hammond Eggerly. She picks up the phone. The, uh, O'Brien wants to talk to the Three Stooges, which is the first time that they are billed that way in a short. Previously, they're just, you know, Mo Larry, and Curly, or whatever characters they're playing, or what have you. So she yells out in a real high-pitched voice, you know, calls for the Stooges. And it reminded me of old Looney Tunes gag, Henry, where the lady yells in a real high pitch, and it's got to be based on her, or those two things are based on another high-pitched, shrieking landlady type, quote-unquote. Evidently, she played a ton of landladies. The Stooges come down get on the phone. Turns out, you know, they've got a gig. They do that bit, the funny bit where it's, yes, 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 yes. Yes, yes, yes. And so they go upstairs and they pack their trunk. They've got a huge steamer trunk. It looked like the only thing inside of it was one hat. So they close that up and they put it on Curly's back. And Curly says, wait a second, wait a second. He goes, opens the oven, grabs the filet of soul and uh, puts, his sh- puts the hot shoe on. And so they put the, the steamer trunk on Curly's back. And uh, they say, oh, we we owe her money. We got to we got to sneak out of here. And then they just are super loud, trying to sneak out. Curly keeps saying, "I need some help with this thing. It's 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 uh it's heavy, you know." Mo says, "I don't want to argue. Drop it." So Curly, of course, drops the steamer trunk case down, and it rolls down the stair, falls down the stairs, bam, 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 clam, making all kinds of noise. The landlady comes around the corner, and they're caught. <laughs> they go into their little small talk, you know, bit where it's. He says, "How do you wear a shirt like?" Hey, that's a nice shirt. How long do you wear a shirt like that? He says, "Oh, down to here." And then he says, oh, three three or four days." <laughs> so she says, "I'm gonna call the cops." You try, you you trying to sneak out on me? I'm gonna call a cop. And Curly says, "Don't call the cops. I'm a G-man." She says, "Well, arrest these men." And she says, "You're under arrest." And he arrests Mo and Larry. He says, "Get that trunk. We need it for evidence." And they start leaving. And Curly says, "I'll see they get time and a half overtime plus." <laughs> she seems to think that's a reasonable thing and and then they run away and then she realizes, you know, oh. So so she, you know, she yells for the police so they run down the street and they're carrying each one on each side of the steamer trunk and they're just taking people out. They trip one guy, they knock another guy over, they take a dude out on a ladder. They're just it's just chaos running down the street. So we get to the train station, Bud Jameson is here once again. He's playing Johnson. He's in charge of getting all the acts on the train. He's actually expecting the Three Stooges. Most of the time, they just run on and you know are imposters. But he's actually inspecting them. As he's checking people in, the monkey runs over and takes Paul, uh, Paul Payne's hairpiece once again. And the crowd, standing around, all laughs at him. Johnson says, that monkey goes in the baggage car or you're fired. And so the boys begin walking him down to the baggage car. Train starts leaving without him. They run and they hop on the caboose. They've still got the monkey they were not able to get. So they put the monkey in the uh, in their bag, and they just figured we'll hide him, you know. So I'm starting to uh, recognize some of the supporting characters just from, you know, seeing them. We've got Hilda Title, once again. She was a script girl in Movie Maniacs. She's real short, and she dances on Curly's feet in one of the earlier ones that escapes... The name escapes me right now. But she dances. She stands on Curly's feet, and they dance. I believe it's the one... Where they're uh, exterminators, but I could be off. Don't write me emails saying you got it wrong, dummy. Um, like I said, I'm starting to just re- recognize some of the players—not all of them, but some of them. They seem to work with the same crew or the same cast of people. Most, you know, a lot. So the Stooges get on They're on the train. They flirt with. They—they uh, they see. Like I said, I mentioned Hilda. Title. They meant they flirt with her. Mo says, "We're the Three Stooges: comedy, singing, dancing, and snappy dialogue. And Curly starts to make his moves, you know. And Mo says he stops him and says, "Spread out." And Curly says, "Oh, jealous, eh?" And so, meanwhile, the porter has delivered uh, crabs and champagne to Paul Payne's compartment. The boys are—they—they uh, they say, "You, you know, y- you're you're back here." And so, the boys are directed to the wrong berth. They're told to get in their berth. And Curly grabs uh, Hilda Title and pulls her along with them. They do that shuffle off to Buffalo move one more time. where I'm doing it like there's a video on me. (laughs) They go into Payne's compartment. No one else is in there yet. Just the crab and champagne. And they look at the crab and he says, what is that? Larry says, it's a spider. Curly says, it's a turtle. Mo says, oh yeah, I knew it was a turtle. Hang on, I'll cut you a slice. And so he takes a knife and fork and he's trying to cut the crab. Obviously, cannot cut through the crab shell. He stabs at it with the fork, and the tines are all bent. He looks at him. Meanwhile, in the background, Curly's got some business. He's making time with Hilda, who's sitting there, which is pretty funny. Mo has uh, Curly bend over. It's a big old crab. And he breaks the crab on Curly's head. And Curly looks up and says, oh, this train's got mice. Which I thought was a funny little line, a little throwaway. Hilda says, no, I love crab. Curly laughs and says, no, oh, she don't know. It's a turtle. <laughs> So she pulls the meat out of the well, they all start pulling them. You know she's eating the crab like a normal person. <laughs> uh, the the stooges are pulling the meat out and throwing it away and eating the shell. I read an, a story online where uh, Mo could not just could not take shellfish. I don't know if he was allergic. He just said he couldn't. He couldn't deal with it. He couldn't eat it to the point where they had to. He just had an aversion to it, and they had to make some uh, fake crab with I guess gelatin or something like that. Moe was still nervous during the shoot, and you can see he says that you can see how gingerly he eats some of it before you he thought maybe they were fooling him and they were just telling him, Oh, this is fake, we we made it, you know, but it was real crab, but no, it wasn't, it was fake crab for him. Another little fact was that Curly, he's just chomping down on the shells, and evidently he really cut his mouth all up on the shells. They do their you know, the typical three stooges eating bit where they each get a close up and they do a little business. And you know, snapping on the shells and whatnot. And uh, Mo says, Oh, I like these little points, and he's just the points of the crab. And then he eats one and he, ah, I like these little points, he doesn't like them, it's kind of funny. Curly says, Oh, bubble water when he sees the champagne. He stands up to open it, and the shells rattle in his stomach. Uh, meanwhile, Payne comes in, he says, What are you doing here? and he calls for Johnson. Curly says, it was a mistake. And he gives him the shells. He says, have these refilled. <laughs> so they leave Payne's berth, or I mean his uh, compartment. And they say, uh, well, where's our compartment? It's up there. Three in one. They're at the top berth. So now they're on the, on the train in the top berth. One more sound out of you and you're off the train. At this point, the monkey escapes the bag. Joe the monkey climbs into a sleeping lady's berth. This lady is Phyllis Crane. She has been in lots of Th- Stooges shorts. She uh, She's talking in her sleep to the monkey because the monkey's curled up by her head. She's like, oh, you, oh, darling, you know, that kind of thing. Curly hears this as he's walking by and he sticks his head in. She says, oh, why don't you kiss me? And Curly leans in and kisses her. She screams. Bud Jameson wakes up. Every time he's startled awake, he smashes his head on the berth above him. Bud takes them back to their berth. He says, "Let's go to sleep." There's a bit where they try and climb up, and try and boost each other, and try and climb. They can They just cannot climb up to uh, into the top bunk. There's a little bir- a little bit with a drunk guy who's in another berth. I thought it was pretty clever. He takes a big swig of a whiskey or some liquor, and then just opens his mouth and shoots his- shoots himself in the face with the seltzer bottle. <laughs> so they still can't get the- in the berth. A lady looks down, opens hers from across the on the other side of the train, and says, "What's going on?" And she comes down and help him. She boosts Larry. She boosts Mo. Well, she boosts Larry up, and then she comes down to boost Mo up. And Mo says, "Hey, take it easy with me, will you?" And she boosts him up. And then Curly, she just grabs by the nape of the neck and the belt and just throws him up. He, you know, they all, they fall out again. <laughs> He's thrown up with such gusto. We cut to Payne, who is in his bunk, or in his compartment, rather. He's getting into bed. The monkey is in there with him. The monkey jumps in the bed first, and he doesn't notice it. So the monkey is biting his toes, and he freaks out. Johnson, Johnson, calls Johnson. They stuff the monkey up the back of Curly's jacket. And Johnson's like, I hear that monkey. And Mo says, you shouldn't believe everything you hear. We go back to the drunk guy who shot himself in the mouth with the seltzer, picking his doing his nails with the, a big pair of scissors. The monkey's tail is going in the berth, out of the berth, in the berth, out of the berth, and he's trying to snip the monkey's tail with the scissors. Every time he every time he goes for it, he misses. Finally, at the end, he, he pinches the monkey's tail. The monkey freaks out and leaps up in the air and grabs onto the brake cord. They Somebody grabs the monkey to get him down, and the train, you know, the train breaks. The boys are thrown off the train physically, where they land on some bulls in the brush and ride away wildly. I think they're cows, actually, not not even bulls. So they ride off in fast motion, and that's the end of A Pain in the Pullman. This short is a remake of a uh, Hal Roach Studios picture from 1932 called Show Business with Zazu Pitts and Thelma Todd, which Jules White directed. Evidently, he thought it would be a good fit for the Stooges as well. Pitts and Todd were very popular back in the day. It was remade again. This short was remade again in 1947 by a comedy team called Gus Schilling and Richard Lane. Uh, Now, these two I had never heard of, but that's not surprising. And actually, even before the Pitts and Todd short in 1929, Laurel and Hardy used a really similar... The whole short evidently isn't similar, but just the train, on the train, and the birth... The the sleeping berths kind of hijinks are very similar. So nineteen twenty nine, then remade, or then some of that stuff is used in thirty two in show business. Now the Stooges use it in thirty six, and then forty seven. It's remade once once again. I think this is the first one where we see the wake up and go to sleep to Larry when the three of them are sleeping in the same berth, and the end bit with the uh, with the bulls or the cows was reused in. 1939's A Ducking They Did Go. We'll get there eventually and cover that short. But that will bring us to the end of another episode. That was a great short, I thought. ThreeStooges.net gives it a 9.18. And uh, I think it's a solid 9 for me. I thought it was a very funny one. There are some good bits and some good wordplay and some, some good gags. I thought <laughs> this is a, a good one. Please rate and review the show if you would, if you enjoy it. If you would like to do a podcast for yourself, you can't go wrong with anchor.fm. They have a great free service. I use them. I also use podomatic.com where I I post it there as well, like I've mentioned before. I don't know if I'm gonna re-up that when my subscription, my paid subscription is up. But anyway, that doesn't matter. Anyway, join me next time on Three Stooges Throwback for the 17th out of 190. That is false alarms. I have been your host, Gabriel Russo. Thanks for listening. Bye.